before we get started, this episode of the Food Grower Podcast is sponsored by Direct Plants Limited, and specifically their amazing range of polytunnels. We use these strong and affordable tunnels on both Jack's Patch and Fanfield Farm, and we love them. Direct Plants manufacture the tunnels themselves so that you can buy your polytunnel direct from the manufacturer, and not just any manufacturer, but from growers too, so that they really understand what you need. These traditional high-quality polytunnels are available in a range of sizes to fit your growing needs and they're manufactured here in the UK in Norfolk. We're delighted to bring you a brilliant 10% off the entire range at directplants.co.uk. Simply head over there and use the code FOODGROWER at checkout. That's FOODGROWER, all one word, no spaces, at directplants.co.uk. This episode is also brought to you by Natural Grower. Natural Grower's award-winning liquid fertiliser, plant feed and soil conditioner is made entirely from maize. It's naturally rich in nitrogen, potash, phosphate and other trace elements that plants and vegetables love. And it's approved by the Soil Association, Vegan Society and Biodynamic Association. The concentrated natural fertiliser can be poured around the base of plants, whilst the plant feed and soil conditioner can be mixed into the soil or used as a mulch on the surface as a long-term, slow-release fertiliser on all outdoor and indoor plants. Both Jack and I have been using the Natural Grower products this year and have seen amazing results and we have a fantastic 15% off the entire Natural Grower range for you. Simply go to naturalgrower.co.uk and enter foodgrower15 at checkout. Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast, the podcast that tells the story, highlights the techniques and talks tactics with food growers from all around the world. From market gardeners to allotment holders, field farmers to urban farmers, we want this podcast to inspire you to grow food or help you on your already existing food empire. I'm Chris from Fanfield Farm. I'm Jack from Jack's Patch. And it's my absolute pleasure to introduce to you today, Andrew from the wonderful Urban Herbs. Hey Andrew, how's your week going? It's going really good. Busy, but um, yeah, just winding down. Hopefully going to get all the jobs done before Christmas starts, you know? It's crept up quickly this year, hasn't it? It, it certainly has. Mind you, this whole year has just felt very weird. It's the, the pace of the year, not just in terms of like the months and the days, but like the season has felt really, really strange this year. Almost like yeah. the foot's been on the accelerator the whole way through, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 we was waiting for the sun. Sun came, rained a lot, and then it's been like mild autumn, and then even into winter. Like there's times where I'm like, I've got a jacket on today, but I don't, I'm not, don't need it. It's mm. like because you expect it to be cold. Um, yeah, it is strange, man. Really strange. Saw a bumblebee last week, so that, yeah. that was weird. <laughs> yeah, we still got the Canadian geese flying over, and they should have flown south by now. And you're going, no, you're going to have trouble. Get get going. <laughs> They're not going to make it and back, are they? Mind you, you know, because I'm sure you guys are the same, like, you know, you, you just got phones and laptops, like full of pictures of, like, of plants and of the growing <laughs> space. It's so it, true. It kind of, it just, it goes back, you know, and you know, you've got that thing that sort of like social media reminds you of what you posted one year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. We had some snow here about two weeks ago. I think two wow. weekends ago. Yeah. And the, I've just, I've checked back through and I think I'm right in saying that now four years in a row, we've had snow on that weekend. Wow. So, you know, when they say about, you know, the, the weather becoming more unpredictable, 
as far as I'm concerned, it seems very predictable in that we always <laughs> seem to get snow on that particular weekend in November, you know. Yeah, don't be quite... predictable on that weekend only. <laughs> Book a weekend away that week next yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, so we always like to know a bit of your backstory, Andrew. So just tell us uh, a bit about you and, and then what you do, just for listeners. Yeah, so um, I run a company called Urban Herbs, which... Hopefully, if my marketing is any good, some of the people listening to this will have heard of Urban Herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I've been running Urban Herbs now for about 11 years now. Oh. So if you actually go back, if we go back 11 years, basically, um, I finished university. And like a lot of other people, I had absolutely no clue what to do with my life. Um to be fair, that probably hasn't changed in 11 years, but uh, <laughs> I didn't know what to do in terms of career. And um, I had a part-time job working at Wholesale Plant Nursery. Um, it potted up lots and lots and lots of lavender plants commercially. And I had an idea of how I was going to you know, become successful in life. And uh, the obvious thing to do was to do a degree in the history of religion, do a master's degree in the history of religion. <laughs> I thought that is the money spinner. And uh, I didn't realise that you can't get a loan to cover your tuition fee for a master's, so I had to come on with the cash. And the plan that I came up with, I was sitting there at work and I thought, well, hang on, if I was to grow plants on a very, very small scale and just focus down like on specialist things. So at the time, it was like perennials, things that you can't get your hands on now. Um, So really unusual varieties. And I costed it out and I said, right, I need this much money to cover my tuition fees, this much money to live on. I'm going to pot up X number of plug plants, sell them at farmer's markets, and that will pay for my tuition fees and hopefully the polyton. And do you know what? I mean, I did the degree. I wrote my thesis. I pressed send on my thesis when I was at a farmer's market. Wow. But, awesome. but it turns out that I finished the degree, uh, the job market crashed, and I was like, do you know what? I've actually got a little business here that I really, really love. Mm. And I I genuinely loved it more than any of the jobs I was applying for. So I was like, what am I I doing? Mm. And so we started a yearly tradition, which was that around September every year, I'd turn around to my girlfriend, my now wife, and I'd say, what do you reckon, babe? Should I give it one more year? One more year before I get a proper job, yeah? And, (laughs) I've been saying, you know, pretty much that that happened every year for 11 years. And, and here we are. Um, what's really important to sort of say as well is that probably around 2012-ish, um, having just been growing a bit of everything, you know, just more unusual stuff, but a bit of everything, we noticed that one of the niche kind of ranges that we were growing, which was the the sort of the culinary, the aromatic, the unusual varieties of herb, they were selling much better than everything else that we sold. Mm. But it wasn't just that they were selling, it was more people's reaction to them. Mm. So, you know, we, I travelled around and I, I did a lot of farmer's markets. You know, we're talking probably five or six a week, if possible, wow. doing multiple events at weekends and, when you do that many different events, you see so many people's reaction on repeat. So you literally see 
people's reaction to things like pineapple sage or lime mint or strawberry mint. And if you watch people's faces, doesn't matter where you are, you're in a town centre, maybe they're stressed, they're having a bad day, they, they smell the aroma of that plant. And it, it takes them somewhere kind of away from whatever they're doing. Mm. Um, what This is a bit of a tangent, guys, but I think you'll enjoy this. Right? One of my customers... We love a tangent, we love it. Oh, but do you know what? You could get a few in the next few minutes. But um, <laughs> one, of, one of my customers, he's, um, he works in psychology. And he was saying to me that we spend most of our lives living, you know, in I think they call it the front cortex of our brain. Yep. So in the sort of the sensible grown up kind of like reasoning part of our brain. But he was saying that when you interact with your senses and there's no thought process involved, you literally just smell lime mint and that goes straight to the back cortex, which mm. is like almost like your pure emotion, your pure feeling, mm. which is why, you know, like smell is such an evocative um, emotion. You know, it instantly it takes you back somewhere, doesn't it? Memory wise. Mm. so around 2012 we we just drew a line and we said you know what these herbs are magical and that's what we're going to do and from that point on we literally just focused down i mean i say we focused down we kind of started stocking anywhere between 80 and 100 different kinds of herb Mm. but i think that that's the beauty of it to be honest that it is a beautiful, beautiful sickness in terms of like needing to collect all these varieties. It, Love it. It, I see people, you know, like when we would do big food festivals or flower shows or what have you, and you'd see people come up to your stand and they'd be like, you know, no, 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 I've got all the herbs. And then they'd see that one variety of lavender that they haven't got mm. or that one variety of mint they haven't got. And they'd sort of look at me and they'd say, oh, you're bad you are because I've got that many plants. And, I, and you know what? I literally know exactly how they feel because I'm the same, be it on a sort of that it's kind of my job. It's on a commercial scale. But I feel the same. Hmm. It's that pure excitement. It's that pure going down the rabbit hole feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but sometimes it, it's the, it's this line of work, isn't it? I, I lived a completely different life before I was into this. And it's like you do get excited seeing something different. You know, there's a seed. Um, for example, I saw uh, like that creeping time this year. It's like makes a carpet. And I think I saw an Instagram post before I saw it physically. And I was like, I've got to have that. I've got to have that. And then, for example, you mentioned pineapple sage. I, I grew it this year the aroma of it and then I gave it to a chef and he smelt it and he was like that takes me back to Australia in the kitchens there where we used to have pineapple sage and you'd say no about it going to the back of your brain I think it ignites memories and nostalgia um, just by smell Um, so I completely resonate with what you've said there Um, but I really love the diversity of your range and that's something that for me that's your niche like when I see you on Instagram I'm like right urban herbs for getting uh or directing anyone i speak to to get different types of herbs so i feel like that's your niece so what was the like the core idea around the diversity i know like you you didn't briefly mention it then but what like was it the excitement of like just getting a something a bit different 
um, like early on? What was there like a, a little snap moment or idea that happened at first? I think there's kind of there's, there's two elements to this. The first one is a really, really, um, you know, you always in. I don't know if you guys are the same, but in your mind, you have almost like a thumbnail image associated with a memory. Yeah. So when you think of a really good day, you just get like a snapshot. And for me, it's probably around 2010. It's like early days. Um, me and my brother were potting up hundreds of plants. And we were potting up, it's funny enough, pineapple sage. Mm. And both of us stopped in our tracks and we were like, why don't more people know about this? <laughs> this mm. is really, really cool. And again, I suppose it's the nostalgia factor, but I always remember that moment mm. as being like the beginning. Amazing. The second part, I suppose the second bit of the answer to your question, it, it isn't like a snap moment, but it's more of an evolution. Mm. That because as a business, like Urban Herbs grew up on the street food scene. Mm -hmm. And do you know, very often we would get the reaction of people kind of saying, well, hang on you're not street food um what why are you here and because we were working with those street food traders you know almost like selling this kind of very very pure like raw ingredient mm. because if we're being honest you know herbs they are proper like building block stuff you know mm -hmm. and being around all those street food chefs they were so innovative it was quite infectious. So, you know, you speak to people who they'd see lime mint or strawberry mint or chocolate mint and straight away they'd start firing out ideas and they'd say, you know, oh, that'd be great on a strong blue cheese. That'd be great on ice cream. And I suppose having been around that for so long, I think our Instagram or I hope that our Instagram feed is almost like a digital manifestation of, of all those experiences that I've sucked up over the years. Because when you have so many different conversations like that with people who are really, really passionate and really, really knowledgeable, you almost feel like duty bound that you have to kind of put it out there. <laughs> uh, and I guess I'm just on a mission, you know, I want people to feel the same way that I felt when I first discovered pineapple sage. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I think you're doing it well. I mean, it, it leads nicely into the next question I wanted to ask because we've seen the, the awesome t-shirts that you've had done lately with herb geeks on them. And I, I just speaking to you now, I think I already know I, I get the answer to my next question just through your, your experiences, but um, I wanted to, to really ask it because when you, when I look at the t-shirt, I'm like, yeah, Definitely. I want to be a herb geek. I'm not. I'm, I hold my hands up and we've had um, spoken about this a lot on the podcast. I've, I've stuck to my veg and now I'm moving into it. I was like, I want to be a herb geek. And then you read the captions of your posts and you realize that means a lot more to you and, and to your company than just those words. So I wanted to ask what that really means to you guys. Um, but I'm, I, it's funny because I'm getting it from your passion anyway, but I'm going to still ask it. Yeah. And it's a great question as well, to be fair, because it's actually very topical because we have been working so hard, you know, over the last like two years, you know, like so many people 
of pretty much since March 2020. Like one day has just rolled into the next. And initially it was just a battle yeah. to survive really and adapt. Mm. But increasingly, I guess we were aware as we were going through this, this last season that we needed to have a bit of a recentering, mm. that we needed to have a little bit of a chat here about just what we're about, about sort of core values, if you like. And sometimes when people talk about these things, I think it's marketing speak and it doesn't really mean anything. But when you're doing what we are doing, it's actually crucial mm. because and you touched on it there. What we do here, it's it's more than about the plants we sell. Um, I, I promise I'm going to answer your question, right? But we've got tangent number two coming up, right? <laughs> because uh, last night I put a post out uh, a reel on Instagram and we basically shared the message that is so key to us. You know, we just said that, you know, we know a lot of people are feeling anxious, feeling worried, unsettled, possibly unwell at the minute. And we just want to share this message that to recognize that, but also to pull together and say, it doesn't matter, you know, one, you're not alone. And two, spring is coming. Mm. and those are words that we literally live by um it's funny my 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 grand she was a farmer and uh, she used to live by these core words it doesn't matter what was going on in your life she'd always say the morning always comes mm. the morning always comes and spring always comes it doesn't matter how dark and horrible the winter has been spring always arrives mm. so for me like the whole herb geek thing it's about so many different ideas, but it's about believing in that power of spring. It's about optimism. It's about embracing change. It's about being excited by new flavors. Um, the, it's quite funny because one of my um, oldest customers, um, she, she's an incredible lady and uh, she lives in a place called Pershaw and she's in her mid nineties, but she's been in the mid nineties for quite a long time. So I, I think she might, but she might be being a bit shy and not telling me that she's turned three figures, but um, she introduced me to this philosophy and I think you guys are going to love it. She calls it blank slate gardening. So every single year she gets a gardening company in and they dig up about a fifth of her garden and just level it. And she's been doing this for 20 or 30 years. And I said to her, what, why? And she said, because if I didn't do that, nothing would change. And wouldn't that be terrible? You know, she said, once I've got that muddy patch that they've just leveled, she said, I have to do something different with it. I have to try and like plant up a new area. I have to try growing something new. And I think that's interesting that she's, you know, closing in on three figures and she's got that. That's amazing. She's First. got that philosophy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's exciting because so, gardening, it does becomes repetitive. You can see from parents and grandparents gardens, right? The dahlias go in the same place they went the year before and the veg patch is always the veg patch. It never gets moved around. I adore that mentality. Absolutely adore that idea. 
it's a paradigm shift as well. Her having something different completely um, she's got to think differently compared to if she left it the same so uh, new seeds um, even where the sun goes she's even got to think oh do I put trellis here and um, that's that's super cool it just makes every year exciting for her as well and to be at that age and have that mindset that that's keeping her going I think like if you if that if you if your brain if your brain goes, you go, really. You need to keep it exciting and fresh. And I just want to touch on what you said about spring. What a metaphor for what we're going through. Like we are going through winter and it's a battle, but but spring is coming. Um, and you take that context out and put it in anything, really. So it does lead perfectly onto the next question because I'm always a big fan of your like – I want to watch your Instagram – there's a lot of energy, a lot of positivity, and I, I, I'm quite into my mindset as well. So, and I, I see it with some of your quotes or like what you say. Um, but is this um, is this passion for the love of your job? Is that where you get your energy from? That's a great question. Um, I mean, like you, I'm a big believer in like the power of positive energy. Yeah, um, me too, yeah. And I see it, and. I think there's something really important to say, actually, at this point. That, and I think you will absolutely understand what I'm saying. I think having like positive energy is not about being happy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not about being positive all the time. Mm. But I think what it is about is having that mindset or trying to have that mindset. Mm. And I think if you try to have that mindset very often you can trick yourself into being happy sometimes does that make any sense yeah yeah totally um so for me personally um it, it comes from like personal experience um because i think like everybody else like over the years i've had my like personal ups and downs like mental health wise Mm -hmm. and the story that i always uh, say to people is um i can't remember which year it was it'd be probably spring 2016 and i was having genuinely an absolute nightmare of a few days like things had gone wrong a bit personally but professionally as well you know and i was quite disillusioned with um not my job, but I think the wider industry that I was in. And I basically threw the toys out of the pram and I, I said to my wife, I said, that's it. I said, I'm done. That's it. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm out of it. And so I threw, I threw the toys out, stormed off to the polytunnels and started potting up herbs. <laughs> and I remember she followed me out to the polytunnel and she said, babe, for somebody that's just thrown the toys out, she said, you're doing quite a good impression of like potting up 3,000 herb plants, like you're going to sell them. And, you know, for me personally, being around the plants, it makes me feel amazing. Mm. Being in the polytunnel in spring, it makes me feel amazing. It's like the energy levels, like from the growth, it's kind of infectious. Definitely. And... One of the really cool things 
is like we try to give out like that sort of like positive energy like through our posts because I am really, really conscious as well that people reading them probably percentage wise, if I if if we put out a post on Instagram and let's say if it gets like ten thousand reach, of those ten thousand people, the chances are probably I would say what a hundred are probably having really bad days. And I just I like to think that if our post gives them that little bit of a well-being boost, then it's kind of like job done as far as I'm concerned. Mm. So I'm not 100% sure if that answered your question or not, to be honest, but it gives me that well-being boost. It gives me that positive energy. It gives me a buzz that we are able to send out that positive energy to people. Mm. But do you know the third element to this, which is really, really cool? we get so much of that positive energy back from people that we interact with. Brilliant. And do you know, like, like the lady that I just mentioned to you um, who digs up all the garden. Um, I worried that when we shifted our business online, that we would lose that personal contact, that we'd lose that buzz because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I mean, when we are in the busy bit of our season, on a Monday and a Tuesday, my job boils down to putting plants into boxes on an industrial scale. You know, we're talking literally hundreds of orders, like being packed in a single day. And I worried that my job would literally, that would be just what I'm about. But it's not because if we send out hundreds of orders on a Monday, my phone is going off constantly on Tuesday with people who are tagging urban herbs in stories Mm. and, you know, they're unboxing the herbs. And what I love about that is, you know, what I said to you earlier about my experience, like experiencing pineapple sage for the first time, I get to relive that. Because you literally get things pop up on my phone and people are literally unboxing it and going, Urban Herbs, this is amazing. You know, it smells of pineapple. I didn't think it actually would. Mm. Um, Are you guys ready for tangent number three? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Because on that note, um, back in middle of April, I think it would be, we received an order through our website um, and uh, the, the order was received at about 20 past three in the morning um, on a Saturday night. And it was quite a, a massive order actually. And we didn't think anything of it. And about, so on the Monday I would have dispatched the order. And then on the Tuesday we received a phone call from the customer and he was very, very uh, reasonable and, and he said, uh, I just wanted to basically clear up what's happened here. He said, because he said, I don't remember placing the order. Um, he said, I know I did because it came from my email. And he said, but I was actually on a night out and I, I must have been <laughs> on the taxi on the way home. Love it. And uh, he said, I just thought pineapple sage, that sounds cool. I'll have nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's funny because actually the guy I'm talking about, we've become actually quite good friends and we communicate on Instagram. And previously 
He had no experience of growing things. He's never owned a plant before. And he has just literally filled his flat with pineapple sage, with nice. strawberry mint, with lime mint. And he's got really into it. And so, you know, like through like random incidents like that, I get to experience that reaction mm. over and over again. And that is genuinely really special to me. Mm. I, th I think the most truth in the world is, is nature. So like going back there and what you're saying about being in that polytunnel, you're amongst it. They're giving that energy. It's like an animal, isn't it? It's like pure, that purity of like, love and, and um, even though we can't hear them they're they're talk, like constantly communicating with us in, in other ways um, but you're sending that slice of nature in a box in the post to those people and what i like what you say about the aromas and things like that it is you, you're giving them that slice of you of like your experience so i like that you're like multiplying your first experience of pineapple sage hundreds of times um so that's yeah, it's brilliant, mate. I think we actually live lives increasingly that are quite insulated from mm. what we're talking about today. That kind of being around the energy of growing. Mm. Um, my my wife um, last year spent the most time working with urban herbs, you know, during the lockdown that she ever has. Mm. And she said something to me really, really I thought it was just really profound because I was aware that, um, you know, sometimes maybe working with your partner is not, not ideal because you're spending a lot of time together. Um, but we genuinely loved it because we kind of did our own thing, be it on a reasonably small site, but I would look out the window and I would see her walking around with headphones, maybe listening to a podcast, pruning back the plants or picking out orders. And she looked the happiest that she ever has. Yeah. And I said to her afterwards, you know, we tried to just play out what happened. And she was saying to me how before she'd spent that amount of time working with urban herbs, the seasons were just something that she experienced when she was walking from the front door to her car. And it kind of doesn't matter if it's winter, because if it's winter, you put the heater on in the car, right? Whereas when you are actually engaging with nature, like you notice the plants growing quicker in May and June, you notice that it's really, really warm at 6am and you're like, whoa, what, what's, what's going on? Um, I think it's so important to not insulate yourself from that. I think it's absolutely vital to be honest with you. It's, it is. It's absolutely vital. We've, we've had that thrust upon us by, because we live on our farm now in, in a, a, well, for, until we get planning a static home, which we sort of converted into a cabin, but it's thrust upon us that we live the seasons because our heat source is a wood burner or, yeah, so you have to go outside to get the wood and you feel the cold, so you have to adapt to a way that you behave. And that's, we were talking in a, a recording we did earlier, Jack and I, about the seasons that the food then gives you, that they are guided towards how you should eat and what you should eat. And that means you'll generate more heat and stuff. Um, so yeah, being in touch with it and has been sort of thrust upon us, but it's made us happier and healthier by a long way. Um, I wanted to just loop back a little bit because there's something that you really spoke about that's really poignant there in that, 
people are unboxing and then your phone blows up the next day. And that is a customer relationship that is not seen in many or if any, com- well, many companies across the world. And it's something we've really experienced. We, in fact, the moment you said you, you took stock, we did that recently going back a, a few months ago. Um, when we first did veg boxes, we were getting sent that. And every night we were getting sent what people were cooking their dinner with. And I think over time, because we have a lot of the same customers, that sort of just starts to slow down. So we thought, right, we'll take stock. Why is this slowed down? Have we lost our connection with our customers? Um, And as we were taking stock, something really terrible happened. And and some of the listeners to the podcast will know we lost our two dogs in a traffic accident, which just happened in the middle of the night. and, And it was awful. It was a terrible, terrible time. But what we had to do through that was delay our veg boxes going out a couple of days. And so we let the customers know what had happened. What came back from that was every single customer, not only sending a message of of commiseration or love or care, but was the next week in the boxes that we picked up that were empty were cards, presents, gifts, and it just blew our mind and and it was uh, <laughs> but what they didn't know is it made it even more emotional for us and we probably cried even more every time you got one of those cards mm-hmm. but it that relationship with the customers was I just kept saying you'd never get this as a Tesco delivery driver or a Sainsbury's delivery driver or a Bezos is never getting this <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> and to just that relationship with the customers and you're talking about it there I think that's so vital not only as a business but just to make this an amazing thing to do. And I think you've absolutely cracked it there. I think as, I think as well, what you're talking about is, it is really, really fundamental. And mm. it's so important. In We throw a phrase around quite a lot in, in, in this office. It's about abandoning adversarial commerce. So, you know, the traditional model is that you go into, I don't know, let's pick an example, a car sales showroom. And the guy that's selling you the car, he wants to make his commission. He's got X amount to play with and he, he can make anything between five and 10,000 or whatever on the car. And he's kind of trying to outmaneuver you and you're trying to outmaneuver him. And in a weird way, it forces you both into a situation where you both want to go home at night. And perhaps if I'm buying a car, you know, I, I perhaps I'll say to my wife, yeah, I've got a really good deal there. I, I've got X amount of thousand pound off this. It's kind of you versus him. A fight. A fight. Mm. And actually, I think what we're trying to move to as a company and, People listening to this have probably ordered our plants and they can tell us whether we've succeeded or not. But we're trying to abandon that adversarial commerce and move to a situation where it's a collaborative effort that every single person that supports Urban Herbs is, in effect, crowdfunding our ability to continue putting the content out there on social media, their crowdfunding, the fact that we are going to continue to be specialist and stock 120 different kinds of herb plants. And I think it's actually, you know, you're right. It's a very, very rare thing 
which is why it's so important to do it. Um, I mean, I've had to believe it or not. I have had to step back from it slightly because during peak season, if we're sending out, let's say 300, 400 parcels on a Monday, I will genuinely want to know when each one has arrived. And that sounds ridiculous, but I, I kind <laughs> okay. of do. And I'll tell you a funny story. When, when the pandemic first started, we actually, we weren't really in a fit state to launch our online business. We had to basically build the, uh, the online store. We had to work out how we put plants in the post. And we had to sort that whole process in the space of about seven days. And once the orders started coming in, they started coming in rapidly. Um, I mean, really, really rapidly. Because I think there's a really like human element to it that we're back to our positive energy outlook here. But I'm a big believer, having stood in town centres, markets and stuff for 10 years, you know, like when somebody, you see an, an older person fall over. Nobody ever walks past. They're normally surrounded to the point that people are getting in the way of each other, trying to help them and make sure that help's being called. And that's how I see people a bit as well, that, you know, we kind of, I think anybody that looked at our social media around the 10th of March or 15th of March, whenever it was, they knew we were in serious trouble. I mean, like as a business, you know, um, and people rally, people support. But then in return, we try to almost, I suppose, out of gratitude, give something back. Um, we've got a bit of an urban herbs tradition, um, which, again, some people watching this will know about. And what we try to do is we try to put a random extra plant in every single order. And... I know it's not like life changing, but I think it's the power of giving. It's the power of something that you haven't paid for. You haven't ordered. It's not something you were expecting. And hopefully it just makes that person's day a bit better. And, you know, if, if, if one plant can achieve that, I think that's a bargain, you know, yeah. plus it makes me feel good when people, you know, people say how happy they are so i suppose i'm being selfish deep down but uh, <laughs> not at all. you never know who you might do that to as well like you don't expect anything back but then maybe that one person will go that extra mile further down the line to support you or or whatever but it that that's a little bit of um a little bit of gratefulness for getting an extra plant uh, people don't forget that mate that, for, that I think that's gold mm. for a for a business yeah. to do that. that. They'll never, they won't forget you for that, honestly. And then it's just, um, yeah. And then people do the selling for you as well, just out of being grateful. And I've got to say, actually, that we, I heard a story which I didn't know about during the season, but um, one of my customers got in touch with me. And she said that basically um, her husband was going through chemo. So um, he was having to isolate. And, it, you know, she said it, it, every day just became very, very just 
the same because it's kind of like they were in a position that really would have been quite dodgy if he was to go out and she didn't want to go out for the risk of giving anything to him. And I had no idea about this, by the way, because they didn't communicate with me during the season. But um, in September, she explained to me that they ordered from us every pretty much every week. Oh, wow. And they got into a cycle where we would publish our availability on the Wednesday night. And then like Wednesday night would sort of be them going on the website, doing a bit of research, having an argument about which plants they order this week. And then they'd spend like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday sort of researching the plants they've ordered, working out where they're going to go. Monday morning, they get a notification to say the plants have been dispatched. They get them on Tuesday. And then the cycle starts all over again. It's <laughs> amazing. And she said genuinely, and, and to be fair, she was really self-aware. You know, she messaged me and she said, I know that sounds a bit weird, but she said that process got us through like a really dodgy three-month period. And you just think you don't realise the impact that your actions are having. Brilliant, that's, that's absolutely incredible. That's the trouble is with this podcast, Andrew, is that um, we have these amazing chats and they get into, and it's been both herb-based podcasts, actually, in the last two seasons. So we had Earthlight Herbs and then yourself, and we've got into these amazing conversations that go way bef- way beyond what's your favourite seed. And then there's some idiot and it's always me that has to then bring it back around. <laughs> and I feel like I just want to talk about these things that are way above that for, for so much, but we've got to, I always have to bring it back. And so I'm going to have to bring it back now, but I could talk about these things for, for way, way, way more, which means we have to have you back on. So that's good. Um, but I'm going to bring it back a little bit and be the, be the Scrooge um, to bring it back to, I think listeners would love to know a bit more about your growing space and, and where that, uh, how that fits in. You've spoken about polytunnel. I would love to know where all those awesome herbs get grown and, and, and packaged and everything. Yeah. So, so our business has changed enormously over the last 10 years. Mm. Um, we've been quite lucky in a way. Um, I'll explain what I mean by that. But basically you have to make choices. And yeah. I mean, yeah, you understand that because, you know, you said you're living in a, a sort of temporary sort of, what did you call it? It was a static caravan, but it's now a cabin because I've converted it. But yeah, it's, it's still a caravan. So, <laughs> yeah. So you understand that you've got to make choices in order and potentially sacrifices to get to the point mm. that you want to be at. Yeah. <clears throat> We've never had access to a field um, or a significant amount of land. And also, we really, really love where we live. You know, we, we're we both city people. I mean, myself and Kate that run Urban Hubs, we, we're city people and we love the city that we live in. I love the energy that the city gives me. And so we were able to find a, a really, really like modest house in a quite a down-to-earth area, which just happened to have a really huge bit of land attached to it. Um not huge in terms of agriculture, but, you know, huge uh, for around here. Mm. Um, the people that we bought the house from, they were an older couple and they'd actually owned the house since 1949. And apparently 
until 1993, they actually kept a horse in the back garden. Wow. Which I just think is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so where we're based now, we've got three polytunnels. We've got some outdoor space. Mm-hmm. And that's where we do uh, the growing that we do. We also stock um, some other UK growers as well. So I guess we've become a as much a specialist kind of stockist, if you like, mm. as much as growers. But something really, really important that I always say to people is that the growing that we do is so important because like some of the plants that we're growing uh, for next year, we simply couldn't, um, we couldn't stock. We, you know, we wanted to go more off, off the beaten track, but I think more fundamentally as well, we're back to that energy word again. And it's about what gives you that buzz. And for me personally, it's being around the plant. Um, so I guess in answer to your question, like we, you know, we don't have a huge amount of space, but we maximise the space that we do have. Um, we're lucky because everything we sell, we sell in nine centimetre pots. So um, you're selling you know, a relatively high value product that doesn't take up a huge amount of space. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's absolutely hilarious is that this year, my mom has actually started working for me full-time during the season. Awesome. So um, I've increasingly had to surrender control of the polytunnels to her. (laughs) Um, She's sort of, she just literally spends the month from April through to September, potting up, dividing, taking cuttings. And she loves it. And again, we're back to, you know, reasons why we do what, what we do. This season just finished was her first kind of full season working with us. And she genuinely said to me that she's never been so happy. Brilliant. And that's not because I'm a barrel of laughs to work with, because I'm really not. So we were having such a good time speaking to Andrew from Urban Herbs that we had to split this episode into two parts. We ended up speaking for over two hours. There are still some amazing stories coming up, plenty of tangents and loads coming up in the second part. So the second part of this interview will be out next Thursday and we'll kick off right where we left off. Do come back for that. And in the meantime, if you want to leave us a review on any of the podcast apps, then please do. A five-star rating is a massive help to help people find it. But if you do hit the review button, don't worry about telling us how good the show is or how bad the show is. Tell us your favorite crop or herb to grow. That's what we want to read. Leave it on there. It might seem weird as a review, but that's what we want to hear about. So yeah, hit that review button and tell us about your favorite vegetable, food crop or herb to grow. We'll see you next time.
just a quick note at the end of the podcast to say a massive thanks to Andrew from Urban Herbs and a massive thanks to our sponsors for this episode, Natural Grower and Direct Plants Limited. Head over to our website, foodgrower.co.uk, to find out more about either of our sponsors on today's episode. Also on foodgrower.co.uk, you can hit the consultation tab at the top of our website to find out more about how we can help you with your growing project.